So I'm not somebody who really struggles with depression. But when I was burning out, for sure, depression was a big issue. And so what I find is that I've got to do a couple of things to really keep me mentally in the game because I can get discouraged easily. And when I get discouraged, I have a great ability to discourage my team. So a few things. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and I'm here to inspire your true performance. From the framework established by Zig Ziggler, one of the top motivators and personal development leaders our world has ever known, who believed we could all be more, do more, and have more. How? Improve ourselves, beginning with how we think about ourselves. So today, let's break down some personal development. Did you know that not having hobbies or friendships is often a sign of burnout or that you're heading that direction? Well, this is our habits show where we walk through the seven spokes on the Ziggler wheel of life. And today we're back with Carrie Newhoff and he talks about that very issue. It's really interesting. Now, our main show with Carrie was number 643, where we talked through the message in his book, didn't see it coming, overcoming the seven greatest challenges that no one expects and everyone experiences. Carrie is a speaker, podcaster, and pastor of one of the largest and most influential churches in Canada. Uh, you can connect with Carrie at didn't see it coming book.com. And of course you can get the book there or wherever you buy books. He's also got a really popular podcast, the Carrie Newhoff leadership podcast lead like never before. And this show, again, we go through his healthy habits. He talks about his love of cycling and barbecues with friends and also how he can easily get discouraged as you heard at the top of the show and what he does to fend that off. And his focus on this quote that I appreciated by the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that and more coming up right here in the show, which we'll get started in as soon as I share a couple good resources with you. Okay, here then I bring you the healthy habits of Carrie Newhoff. Okay, Carrie, well, I'm eager to get into your habits. We talked through a couple of them. I know, I know sleep's up there on the list. I'm eager to talk about that more, mm -hmm. but what are the things that you do in the seven spokes of the Ziggler wheel of life to keep yourself healthy and well, and for you, especially out of burnout. So, uh, we'll, we'll yeah, hit yeah. these here. All right. Number one is just the physical side of life, physical nutrition. What are the things that you're doing there to keep yourself? Well, I know in the last show you talked about, uh, really increasing things there that you lost some weight. So tell us what's happening there. Yeah. Well, that was my problem before burnout. I didn't pay attention to any of that or think I had many physical limits. So yeah, I was probably 30 pounds overweight. So I had to work some of that off. I had to change my diet. Um, definitely get a lot more sleep. We talked about that in the previous show. But, you know, my challenge was like all these people who say, you know, and I got lots of super athletic friends. They run marathons all the time. And they're like, well, don't you feel great? Like when the endorphins kick in and I'm like, no, I don't think they ever kick in ever. <laughs> like it's just exercises work for me and I don't like most of it. So I, I did a bunch of stuff, but I really discovered that cycling was something that I enjoyed. Oh. So at first I bought a mountain bike and then I went out and bought a road bike. So I've had a road bike for the better part of 10 years now. Excellent. And, you know, I'll, I'll do... 2,500 to 3,000 kilometers, you know, that's like 700,000 miles, if you're wondering. No, <laughs> it's like uh, 1,800 miles yeah. in the summer, yeah. which is awesome. But being Canadian, we get about five to six months of really good cycling weather, and that's it. So I'm working on 
a winter routine, which I have been somewhat successful on, but not really. So actually my wife and I in the next month, we're going to build a home gym, get some weights, uh, get a couple of those virtual cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, uh, what do you call Peloton. It? Yeah. Peloton. Yeah. It'll either be Peloton or Zwift. We're trying to make up our mind, but it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. So physical that that's a big challenge for me. My wife, she's super fit. Only two months I've ever seen her never work out. And that was when she was nine months pregnant with our two kids. Other wow. than that, she's always working out. So. Excellent. Hey, I'm, I follow that living at, we, we live uh, in Colorado and we're over 9,000 feet is our home and about the same. Uh, I'm a past pro cyclist and, but the cycling season. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's so narrow here. And so I literally, I'm looking for, I, I think I'll get one of the Peloton bikes. Matter of fact, I, I saw a great interview by the founder, John Foley. Uh, and I want to interview the guy. I think I can't get a hold of him so far. I'm trying to find somebody who knows somebody, but, uh, uh, I'm oh, that'd be a, that'd be a great interview. Yeah. They have just exploded Peloton, haven't they? They have. And he, uh, gosh, you know, we'll, we'll have to take this in offline, but he talks about, you know, how we have these, you know, faith-based communities, our churches and how there's, you know, some people who aren't there anymore and they're over here in these, you know, workout groups looking for the same thing. They're looking for connection. And he's talking about that amongst this business of a, you know, stationary bike. Really interesting. Former so. pro cycler. That's fascinating. See, I'm a mountain biker body on a road cycle frame. Ah. That's, that's my thing. Most people looking at me would go like, oh, mountain bike. I'm like, no road, but I'm not that skinny, you know, 150 pound, six foot one guy. All right. We well, got to come up here. We got a high mountain lake with one of the best trails on the planet earth. So awesome. uh, it's mountain bike Mecca. Um, oh, and I, but I skipped there. You, you talked about that's physical. What about on the nutrition side? What's happening there? Oh yeah. Nutrition. I've gotten a lot better at that. I used to eat garbage. You and I were talking offline, like I cut out sugary drinks a few years ago yeah. and my wife's like, she was organic before or get, and you know, the organic section was one foot by one foot. She yeah. was in it. So, <laughs> you know, now everything's organic. So she's been, she's been great for me because she really pays a, attention to nutrition uh, when I'm off the road, uh, we almost always eat at home. Like we just love cooking. We love cooking from scratch. So I try to do a better job uh, on it, but like physical would be the week. Yeah. It's the week stave in the barrel, yeah. so to speak. Got it. Next spoke is family and friends, just really relationships. Those those uh, deep relationships, vital relationships in your life. What are some of the consistent habits you do to nurture those? Well, one of the places, and we've worked really hard at it over the years, but I I do happen 28 years into our marriage to be married to my best friend. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a rare story, but it's a good story. And our marriage hasn't been easy, but it's been worth it. And we've been empty nesters for a few years And we've just worked really hard over the last decade at building shared interests. And we really do love spending time together, which is a good place to be in because when your kids leave home, you have an awful lot of time together. And if you don't like each other, that can be tough. So we have that. We've also been in the same community for 23 years. And so we have some friendships that go back decades now. And uh, we do our best to keep that alive. But you know what I've found, just to, to let you in on the struggle, is I'm an entrepreneur. I could, you know, your work is never done as an entrepreneur. Like, you know, the answer is, could you work more? Yes, absolutely, all the time. So what I've had to do is develop some hobbies that are social. 
So cycling is sort of a solo sport, although we do have friends who are cyclists and we'll go out with them from time to time. Uh, we've had a boat for years, bought a brand new one last year. And that's been great because in the summer when the weather's nice, we're out on the lake all the time. We live near a lake and we'll just have friends out then. And then um, I also love barbecue. So when we have people over, you know, I'll cook a brisket or pulled pork or something. And so I find that like a lot of people, we just work all the time and then you can sacrifice those relationships. So by having those hobbies that are social, um, it makes it really easy to keep those friendships and relationships up. And then I'm also, I have friends literally all over the world. So if you look at the favorites on my phone and who texts me and who I text, uh, there's a lot of, of just leaders, peers from all over the place. And the internet makes that fun, but it's never a substitute right. uh, for local relationships. Third spoke is mental. Where are you investing in yourself mentally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, because burnout is a part of my story. You know, uh, mental health is, 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 has been a huge part of the reconstruction. So I'm not somebody who really struggles with depression. But when I was burning out, for sure, depression was a big issue. And so what I find is that I've got to do a couple of things to really keep me mentally in the game because I can get discouraged mm. easily. And when I get discouraged, I have a great ability to discourage my team. So a few things, uh, sleep back to sleep, really important. My mental state gets uh, dramatically impacted by how rested I am or how tired I am. Mm. So I, I literally, I usually don't sleep with electronics, but last year I started sleeping with my Apple watch and it tracks my sleep. And like every morning, my wife and I compare how much deep sleep, how many hours did you get? And I know what creates a healthy me now. So sleep is really important. Nutrition is important. Exercise is important to mental health, but also my spiritual disciplines. So that first hour of the day, whether I'm on the road, in a different time zone, or at home, uh, starts with an open Bible. It starts with usually a devotional book. So I'll read the Bible. I'll pray. Sometimes I'll have a book like Eugene Peterson or Paul Miller on prayer or you know a spiritual book that I'll read in that first hour. And then my prayer life, You know, a lot of people do meditation these days. I pray. But it's a lot of reflection, a lot of introspection, and a lot of yielding mm. in, that, in that first half hour to hour of my day. So that's really important. And then, you know, I went through a period of intense counseling. Now we go a couple times a year for a checkup. But it's, those, those are the things that have really, if I do those things well, then I'm pretty good. If I do them poorly, um, then mental, mentally I'm not doing as well. Well, I'm going to skip over financial, come back to it. Cause the fifth one is spiritual. And you just hit on that one, just your morning time. Did you cover your, the spiritual spoke there pretty well? Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of that I'm, I'm trying to, my morning time is important, but I'm a little ADD like everybody. Uh, but I've been reading a book on prayer by Paul Miller, which actually felt more like a relief to me that I'm thinking about God a lot, which you should as a pastor. But it's amazing how easy it is to get distracted by daily life. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like my prayer life is also integrated into my day. And then a lot of it shows, you know, Jesus said, uh, the overflow by the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I really have to watch my words, my impact on others. And when that's low, it's a sign that my spirituality is off. 
And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Let me jump back then. I'll go to the financial spoke. What are the financial principles, habits that you've employed? My wife and I have always lived with margin. We've always tried to bite off a little less than maybe the banks would allow us to chew or others would suggest we we choose. So we've always driven a little less car than maybe we could have, what other people would say we could afford. We've lived in a little less house than what other people could say we've, we've, um, we could afford. But my wife has a very low debt tolerance. Mine is probably a little bit higher. Like I'm more of a spender. She's more of a saver. So there was conflict in the early years of our marriage over that. But one of the best things we'd ever done, because we'd always gone for financial advice, but the people we were going to were the people who sold you the instruments, which is always a mistake, right? If you're, because the answer, if you're an investment advisor to how much invest you know, how much do I need to invest to retire happily? The answer is infinite amount, amounts of money. Give me all your money and invest it with me, right? So we never really, like, we were like, we don't need that much to retire. We hired an independent financial planner a number of years ago, and he set down our goals. So our actual number one goal is not saving, it's giving. And when we would tell financial planners that, they would go, you're crazy, and we're like, no, that's what we really believe we feel convicted to do. And yeah, we don't want to be stupid. We're not going to be a burden to society, a burden to the kids. But like, you only need so much money to retire. So he actually respected that. And he put together, and this was before our kids went to university. So he put together, okay, if you want to give X percentage a year, here's how you do it. If you want to save and you know you want to retire, here's your retirement line. You need to put X number of dollars away a month based on this kind of a return. And then here's how you can pay for your kid's education. So those were the three big buckets. And oh my goodness, once we had clarity on that, it was so easy because you can live on the rest. So it's to give first, save second, uh, make sure our kids go through school. And then, you know, if you want to eat out and there's money left over, you eat out. If you want to get a car and there's money left over, you know, not that we go through cars very quickly. They're bad investment. But, um, you know, you can do that. And that just took so much of the debate and the needless drama out of the conversation. So I would say the number one piece of advice that I give is hire a certified independent financial planner. Mm. So good. It was like $1,000 for this guy. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it would have been worth 10 that. Mm. 10 times that, but don't tell him that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Career is the sixth spoke and anyone in your shoes, you got so much going on. I'm sure so many opportunities. What are the habits, the, the, the guiding light for your career path? Yeah, well, it has been kind of accidental as we talked about in the bigger interview where, you know, I've done so many different things, radio, law, ministry, journalism, uh, podcasting, blogging. But but the one thing I would say, I felt like God got a hold of my life. And in my case, the calling on my life for 20 years was to help create a church that unchurched people love to attend, which I did. But I feel like God has put a second calling on my life, one that I really articulated for the first time clearly about three years ago, which was to help people thrive in life and leadership. And, as, and that, that involves the local church, but it's bigger than the local church. So I'm still very involved at the church I founded. But, you know, my goal is through podcasts like this and others and writing books like Didn't See It Coming to help people thrive in life and leadership. And what helps me fulfill the calling 
is 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 that that overriding sense that this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also I hope, you know, we talk about it as a team a lot. I have five staff on my own outside of the church and as as I do these different ventures and you know that nobody I I've convinced myself a long time ago nobody wants to work for me, Kevin. Um, but people will work for a higher cause if you call them to it. And that is, hey, every day we roll out of bed and we try to help people thrive in life and leadership. Wow, beautiful. Last one is personal. And these are the fun and the hobbies, though you already talked about some of that, of the, the cycling, the boating, the barbecuing. Did that, uh, did that cover most of your hobbies? What are the things you do yeah, for Yeah, those you? are the three Bs. I tried some stuff, you know, and, 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 and it's fascinating because – a lot of the people who burn out, or, and, and you'll see this also at play often in people who morally just disqualify themselves from whatever leadership they're in, but you'll often discover that those are people who had no hobbies and had no friends. Hmm. And, you know, part of me is like, well, there's so much to be done. I don't have time for hobbies. And then I realized I don't have time not to have a hobby. So I tried photography. I had a buddy who a decade ago as I was recovering from burnout, he was really into photography, takes amazing pictures. And I've always respected great photography, but like it started to feel like work. I was talking to a guy who like bought a plane, just bought a Cessna and uh, he was kind of burning out. And he said, you know, it was supposed to be a hobby, but every time it was like flying out of the airport and it was, you know, what if there's traffic? And he said, Oh, it was so much pressure. It didn't feel like fun anymore. Mm. So I think a hobby has to feel not like work. So for me, I cycle enough that, and we live in the middle of nowhere, so it's super easy. The roads aren't busy. And I can just get out there and just kind of lose myself. The same with boating. Like we live right across the street from a major lake, so we can afford a boat because we're not on the water. And, but when I get on the water, I, I'm not, I could be in the Caribbean. Like, mm. you know, we, it's, it's just like, I don't know what it is. We're 10 minutes from my house, but it feels like we're 2,000 miles away. And even if that's just two hours on a sunny afternoon or a Saturday night, it just feels like we had a vacation. And my wife loves it as well. And everybody loves a friend with a boat. And then barbecue. Uh, I got a buddy of mine who's an entrepreneur. I think he's a serial entrepreneur. He's on to his third company now. And he said to me, I got a big green egg. So it's not just a barbecue. It's like a cult. Hmm. And he says a lot of his entrepreneur, like senior leader friends, have a big green egg. And in his view, and I think he's right, it's the only slow thing they do in their lives. Yeah. So you cannot hurry a brisket, man. There's no 20-minute brisket. I mean, that's <laughs> going to take you 24 hours and it's going to be plus the prep. It's going to be a lot of work. Same with, you know, you can do a pork butt in eight hours or whatever, or you're going to do ribs. That's going to be four or five hours to do them right. And it's good to slow down. And if I haven't done a brisket in a while, I know my life's out of balance. There's, there's a quote right there. We'll put that on the yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's the meme. And thank you. Uh, just inspiring and made me smile to go through those. Uh, but thanks for sharing kind of the behind the scenes on those daily habits, those consistent things. It's, uh, it's always enlightening. So thanks again for being with us, Carrie. My privilege. Thank you so much, Kevin. Well, just great sharing from Carrie. Again, his main show with us was number 643. Don't miss that. And you can connect with Carrie at didn'tseeitcomingbook.com. And of course, you can get the book there or wherever you buy books. And you can tune into his podcast, the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, Lead Like Never Before. 
Our next show, I'll fill you in on after I share some great resources with you. Coming up in show 646, we hear a message from Zig Ziglar on gaining knowledge, training accordingly, experiencing growth, and realizing change. From his message, I asked this question to our audience. What is a recent experience you have had with taking knowledge and making actual change as a result? Great comments, of course, that Tom Ziegler joined me and we talked through. Until then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.